Welcome back to Infinity Watchers, everybody. My name is Sarid, joined as always by Pawn, and you are listening to our preview for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Best I can do is 20 bucks. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you just never know what's going to come through that door, don't you? <laughs> You just never know. <laughs> you you've you've joined the you've now joined the feed in the mul- part of the multiverse where we now review Pawn Stars. You know that's not a bad podcast idea. It really isn't. Now now that come to think of think of it. All right. Have well, like people want to talk about let's that. Let's wrap stuff? this yeah, one up. This cool. is the final episode of in- Infinity Watchers. We're now starting Infinity Pawners. Infinity Pawners. Okay, I like that. I I, I like that. The, so so we're we're now in a new new universe where Infinity Pawners exists, and now I can't get that idea out of my head. I'm gonna have to now call up like like artifact experts and like historians to bring on the show. And man, I, I actually yep. like where this is going. <laughs> yep. But yeah, <laughs> welcome back to Infinity Watchers, everybody. My name's Jared. Joined as always by John. Uh, we are previewing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness this week. Um, it's set to come out on Cinco de Mayo, right? May 5th. And, yeah, seven, uh, seven days from when our, we're recording this. Right. Woo! And it's, uh, this, this has been a doozy. We've been excited for this one for a while, like oh, since it I was mean, announced. It's been a long time coming because this was announced i believe i want to say in 2018 or Sounds maybe about 2019 right. i think it actually was 2019 because it was it was post end game but it was after end game that's when yeah. they waited cuz that's when they re- waited to to throw everything out right i just remember like i can specifically remember when this was announced because i was in florida at disney world and this was mm-hmm. during i think it was during san diego comic con right mhm um, Sounds right that's when Marvel kind of lifted the veil on this. We got a look at uh, the first announcement of Moon Knight, the first announcement of She-Hulk, Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. We got the Thor Love and Thunder trailer or title as well there. And this was one that I was excited for from the get-go. Um, I have kind of a, a middling relationship with the first Doctor Strange film, but mm-hmm. with this one, it seemed like through ragnarok infinity war endgame they really had a good grip on who they wanted this character to be mm-hmm. and it seemed to post endgame the the possibilities were just endless <laughs> right i mean especially they announced that that team up with wanda right from the start right mm-hmm. and that was really exciting because those are two characters that have some of the highest power levels in the mcu and seeing them interact together and, and get screen time was just a really exciting concept and up to that point we really hadn't seen either of them in a, in a full-blown capacity they were always a supporting character of some sort other than other than strange obviously who had his own movie but i mean we'll, we'll get into our thoughts on that in general um and uh, what we like and don't like about that but i mean the, these are two characters we really hadn't seen like a full had a full experience with so to know that these two were going to be joining together for some reason mm-hmm. we didn't know the context of that until wandavision but Mm-hmm. At least we knew this was coming and that they had announced Derrickson was coming back for it. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be even more horror inspired than the first one was. Mm-hmm. Got me really excited. Like this this character in general lends it, himself to a, to like a horror fantasy element. Mm-hmm. And 
the the fact that they were going to lean even farther into that got me excited. And the the I think they had said that this was going to be like the the turning point for the MCU in this phase. Yeah, they had compared it kind of to what Ragnarok was in the previous phase, right? Like it kind of mm-hmm. shakes the foundation. Um and it's a big big crossover, right, between mm-hmm. Strange and Wanda and with Ragnarok specifically, I think we started to get more of these team up solo movies, right? Where it's not a named team, but you have these two characters that their paths intersect for the story. And right. it it's it's always been exciting to see what kind of horror elements they're going to bring into it. And like even more exciting than now we know it's Sam Raimi that's bringing it to us. <laughs> um, nothing against Scott Derrickson. I like some of his work, but um, I I've never been the the biggest fan of the original Doctor Strange movie. I liked it. I enjoyed it, but I always felt like there was always untapped potential that exactly. they're really digging into this time around. Yep. I mean, that that movie came out, I mean, six years ago at this point, the original right. Doctor Strange. And so much has changed in the MCU and their boldness and their like ability to kind of adapt stories that you know, you could see two movies three months apart and they're going to be vastly different in tone, but they're still going to be MCU, right? Because the MCU has just branched out and has so many different genres under its belt now and has just all these different stylistic takes on on properties. And, and I'm just really excited to see what kind of an unlocked multiverse does for, for a character like Strange. Because if, yeah. if you think of when the original Doctor Strange was probably planned... It was before Guardians was a hit, right? Because mm-hmm. Guardians came out in 2014. So this movie had been in the works for a while. So, you know, they're, Guardians is what really emboldened them to to try different things and be weird. Mm-hmm. And the Doctor Strange, the first movie certainly had some of that, but it didn't really lean into it in the way that this one is. Well, I think I think before we get into our, our thoughts and predictions on Doctor Weird and the Cinderverse of Sadness, that <laughs> the... Um, that we we kind of dive a little bit farther into what we did, what pros and cons of that original Strange from 2016. Uh, I mean, it, the announcement of Benedict Cumberbatch was definitely a high a high point for Phase Three. I, I was trying to think of this last night. I, I distinctly remember when he was announced that you and I were on our way to a Penguins game, and DC had just announced that somebody was going to be was cast as. Um, was cast in their roster and like you had said that oh it's only a matter of time now before they announce that Benedict Cumberbatch will be Doctor Strange and then as we pulled into the arena <laughs> as we walked into the arena like you pulled up a tweet saying Here, here's the announcement yeah <laughs> um yeah that was one of the like most interesting casting rounds ever because you had heard so many names thrown out at that time I mean there were rumors of the character walking appearing was as back as far back as the dark world right i remember there being rumors that strange was going to show up played by vigo mortensen in the movie yeah right like we had vigo mortensen we had joaquin phoenix so you knew just by the names that were floating out there that they were going to get a high profile person to play this and and when it was cumberbatch i mean that that's one of the more perfect castings in the mcu and well, in th- the universe think, that's filled with perfect castings i think phoenix would have been perfect as well but he he actually was like right on the edge. I, I just heard yeah. this in an interview lately that he was on the edge of of being confirmed. 
and like accepting it. But I, there was another role that came up that he couldn't turn down or didn't want to turn down that got mm-hmm. in the way of, of on production on this. So he had to. And I honestly don't think I would have been upset at that casting. No, I can I can see it. I mean, do you think we can? I wonder if we get a variant uh, strange played by Joaquin in this <laughs> meta commentary. But Maybe. yeah, I, I could definitely see it. I mean, it would be exciting. It would be a different take than Cumberbatch's for sure. Right. Um, and you could tell you could tell some really good stories with an actor like Joaquin. Well, yeah, of course. And uh, I mean, if if that happens, we probably wind up in an alternate universe where Joker doesn't happen either. And that whole, <laughs> that whole Joker played and... by Benedict Cumberbatch happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, thinking about that though, that is an in- interesting. I just. I I I've seen everything everywhere all at once twice now, and like the the way that they describe their multiverse, and I mean we'll we'll get into all this a little bit later, is that like each minor individual decision that you make creates a, a an alternate timeline. Like it doesn't matter like how insignificant the choice is, it it creates a whole new reality. If you if you choose to wear one shirt one day and and not one on that same day, like you've created a whole new world and a whole new multiverse in that, in that instance. So like thinking about Joaquin Phoenix being cast in place of Benedict Cumberbatch and like what happens to Benedict Cumberbatch, what does and doesn't he do from now on? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and I just want, it, it just creates this whole other sense and realm of possibilities that we'll never see. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, yeah, I, uh, Cumberbatch being a uh, being a perfect casting on this, I won't disagree with with you on. And then the movie comes out, and everyone's like, "Well, this was uh, this was okay." <laughs> Problem was, it was just a, a ge- generic origin story. Yeah, I think it it was kind of. I think it was like kind of the last of the the f- sort of formulaic origin stories for Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, after this one, they kind of got away from that. It was about like the 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 through line of the story was kind of as paint by numbers as it kind of gets. Right. Right. Like you had the tragic accident that started the hero's journey. You know, he found his mentor and he found his powers and he faced an evil version of himself. And really the only the only like the visuals were super interesting throughout the entire thing. I mean, I think they nailed the, the visual elements of it all. But really until that kind of final confrontation with Dormammu was really pain by numbers. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that confrontation was my favorite part of the movie because it was brilliant. Right. Like it was, it was the perfect resolution for a character that doesn't need to just be, you know, shooting beams from his hands at a bad guy. Right. Right. It works for the character. And, and that, that's probably one of my favorite going back. I just rewatched this last night, uh, just mm-hmm. in preparation for this podcast and for next week. And that that is probably one of my favorite sequences in 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 the movie itself. Like it's very clever. It uh, it plays with the rules of of the universe a little bit, and it it's a very strange esque ending too. It doesn't have to end yeah. with a giant battle or a giant fight or giant. It's a giant CGI uh, exchange basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but there there are actually some really good sequences in the entire thing that. I really enjoyed one one of which was at the very beginning the the bullet retrieval the that surgery mm. like I actually felt going back there's a lot of tension in that scene where um he he's asked to do an emergency surgery right being pulled out at one surgery right into another 
and like for him to have to freehand pulling a bullet out of somebody's skull is um is really quite intense i actually felt something mm-hmm. going back through that scene um yeah the um the dormammu stuff holds up the v- sorry the visual effects and the um cgi hold up for the most part um cgi people still look weird <laughs> they looked a little odd yeah and i mean strange for a lack of a better word hmm. um it, it it looked like ps3 animations at times <laughs> and i feel like at this point oh well, i mean uh guardians 2 hadn't come out yet and the whole de-aging all the de-aging technology hadn't really been established at that mm-hmm. point so i i kind of get it that they were doing the best of what they could um and what's I think what's most disappointing about it, and you had said it, and I came to the same realization last night, is just the untapped potential for this. That something like Doctor Strange shouldn't be paint by numbers. It should exactly. embrace how bizarre it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the character comes from the the psychedelic era <laughs> of mm-hmm. the and of uh, Greenwich Village in the early sixties. Like there's <laughs> there's a lot to embrace about that character that was I think missed for a generic origin story, and I I understand to introduce magic into the MCU on a sta- on a full scale. I mean, yeah. Wanda exists, but she was always introduced as like possessed by the by um, the Mind Stone, mm-hmm. her daughter powers from the Mind Stone. Right. But to see that the see that magic actually exists within the mcu at large i think is just it's it's done in a very boring way yeah i would agree with that and it's it's it was unfortunate and i think part of it too is that we have seen strange do really cool stuff in subsequent movies yeah like in endgame and infinity war Ragnarok like his appearance in Ragnarok was so cool (laughs) right like just being in there for those like two to three minutes I was like yep okay all right awesome I'm sold and you know that was kicked off by the post-credit scene of Strange (laughs) which was in like that was in Ragnarok yeah scene directly from Ragnarok yep (laughs) um so I I mean like yeah I I completely get what you're saying but I I just wonder when I was going back and rewatching that Last night, that scene obviously came up, and I wondered, like, when did when did he ever be considered the Sorcerer Supreme? It's never really established. He's never been considered it. I thought he was in um, before No Way Home, like in between. I don't think so. No, okay. I don't think he ever. I don't think he ever established that title. Because in in No Way Home, Peter references him as the Sorcerer Supreme, and that's when he says, "Well, Tet." Wong got it on technicality. I don't think it's like Wong had it or Strange had it when he was blipped and Wong inherited it. I think it's like they chose who it was while Strange was blipped and it was Wong. That's kind of what I had okay. interpreted that as. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but they yeah, they've been very um, unclear about that because I kind of had assumed that was at the end of Strange 2016. I thought that was kind of going to be the through line of his arc is working his way up to being Sorcerer Supreme. And then they kind of just dropped it mm-hmm. <laughs> like maybe is maybe isn't like we don't really care at this point. And then outright made a joke about it. No way home. I think <laughs> I guess but, I don't know. I guess you're right. But I don't know. It, I, I mean, just even in Wong, I think that... 
I think it's going to come into play, though, in Multiverse of Madness, because in WandaVision, there is that line from Agatha saying that the Scarlet Witch's power succeeds that even of the Sorcerer Supreme. Okay. So that seems like something to make us think about strange during WandaVision. Right. But. Right. And that made sense. I, I, I just it came across my mind last night that like he doesn't have the eye of Automoto in that post credit scene or in Ragnarok. Right. And then all of a sudden after um, Infinity War, he has it again. But then after that, like it, it <laughs> in No Way Home, he, he still has it, doesn't he? He has the eye, but there's no time stone in it. There's no stone in it. It's just an artifact at that point. Mm -hmm. And it's it's just a uh, a relic, as they refer to it as. Yep. And I feel like we're just going to rag on this movie. I really don't want to rag on it consistently. Because there is a lot of good stuff in it. Yeah, it's very enjoyable. It is. And like I I, I was telling you before we started recording that um, last night was the first time I'd watched it in three years. Like I, I, I've had really no reason to go back to this mm-hmm. other than what uh, other than uh, the, the end game rewatch and for this, like it, it, it's fine to like throw on in the background, but there's really not much. And that's a shame because like visually it's pretty, it's pretty good looking. It's pretty go- beautiful and gorgeous. And the v- the visual mm-hmm. effects and look so clean and so good. <laughs> I almost can't take my eye off of those scenes alone, but I don't think we had enough of it. Like they, they really played it up into the in the in the battle scenes and the chase scenes, but that's really it. And then we get the the excursion through the multiverse for about three minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And that's about it. And I think one of its biggest sins is like the underutilization of great actors. <laughs> it's right, like, like it's like an all star cast too. Yeah. Like Chili to Edge of Four, like he's an unbelievable, fantastic actor, and he kind of was just there for most of this, right? Like, right. Like his uh, his arc was sort of unclear. Like it. Well, I was thinking about that too, because I remember that was a big problem you and I had it when we first saw it. That he's just kind of there, but at the same time, he he's kind of a foil to to Strange. So. Yeah. And and Caecilius is too. Like all three of them are kind of in the same boat. Of they were all they all came to the ancient one seeking help, um, but they're all at different points on the spectrum. Uh, Mordo is is very much stringent, play by the rules. We are we're not going to question anything the ancient one says, no matter what that rule is. Mm-hmm. Strange comes along and goes, "No, we're going to question everything and learn everything about the ancient one and and mm-hmm. find out." And and try and navigate our way through this. Caecilius is we are going to learn everything about this and end up turning on them because we think that the ancient one is lying to us in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a there's a pretty interesting spectrum between the three characters. And like Mordo to me in this one, I th- this was a good introduction to him because Baron Mordo is like considered like the the arch rival to Strange in the comics, right? Yeah. So to set him up to be the very strict, rigid by the by the book, quote, no more wizards, no more magic guy at the end of mm-hmm. at the end of the first strange going into Multiverse of Madness. We now have a I think going into Multiverse of Madness, we now have to have a compelling 
side villain, if not another villain, mm -hmm. if not the villain, possibly. Because, I mean, look at how much stuff Strange has done that breaks every single rule there is. Oh, yeah. In, in between the events of the first movie and, and this one. Like, a lot has happened. Oh, yeah. A ton. So it gives Mordo every reason in the world to to try and stop him. He he mm -hmm. thinks he's the he, he he truly thinks he's the hero in this chase. Yeah, I'm just gonna be curious to see what Mordo's been up to. I mean, this is a long stretch of time that we have to fill in for this guy that was just running around basically murdering some wizards, <laughs> not Pretty really much. murdering them, just stealing their magic or whatever. In some cases, I'm sure it killed people, but um, yeah, I don't know. I really don't I really don't know what his I mean, his his whole arc in the first one and maybe not his arc, but his motivation was, you know, he doesn't his way to eliminate dark magic is by eliminating all magic. Right. Right. Like he doesn't he got mad because the ancient one was actually using dark magic to keep herself alive. Because he sees the world in a very black, or at least this version of him sees it, the world in a very black and white binary way of like, mm -hmm. you either follow the rules or you don't. There's no gray area in between that Strange sees. And like, he even acknowledges like, yeah, she had told us that we shouldn't do this and she was doing it, but it was a lot more complicated. Mm -hmm. She wasn't necessarily afraid of death. She just thought she was doing right by people by mm -hmm. doing that, by doing this. It's a lot more complicated. There are a lot of good ideas in here, too. The idea of trying to escape death and the idea of trying to control your own destiny, you know, yeah. like those are really interesting concepts and ideas that they, they I feel like they really try to lean into, especially coming from somebody who with especially working with a character who is literally a brain surgeon, a neurosurgeon, like, yeah, who, who I mean could believe that they are God, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like that would be such an interesting angle. And I think that's what they were going for, but it was a little undercooked. Yeah. And I, th I think there was good payoff to it, but like the, the middle parts were maybe a little undercooked. Um, the payoff mm -hmm. being the, the kind of final scene for the ancient one, right. Where she traces the lightning strike. Like that was one of the most oh. beautiful shots in the MCU. <laughs> right. Um, and that conversation is, pretty much like the foundational with great power comes great responsibility for strange right like that is right. his hero moment um i think i think with mordo we've got an interesting story here because like theoretically wanda should be everything he fears and is against right, right? like chaos magic dark magic like this is this is his worst nightmare come true like this being that is all powerful magic wielder is not beholden to any rules or any any uh restraints really like she's just mm -hmm. operating by her own book literally <laughs> the dark hold yeah yeah so, like, really. I, i'm i'm really curious to see if that's kind of our entry point to the story right is strange gets keyed on that that mordo's after wanda um i don't know it, it's hard to say I mean, is the Mordo we've seen with dreadlocks even the Mordo from the Prime MCU, or is that a multiverse that, Mordo? Like that—that's very—that could very well be the case. Because we definitely in the trailer, we definitely see him walking up with those kind of chairs where it looks—it seems like Professor X is sitting. Right. Right. Like the I'm assuming like some sort of like Illuminati or multiversal Avengers type, because Professor X is there. I'm assuming it's like an Illuminati thing. Mm -hmm. Um, because he's typically not affiliated with Avengers or anything, but 
but yeah, he, you see him walking up there. So it seems like whatever, whatever this Mordo is, he's on this like executive board of the multiverse (laughs) (laughs) or court. Maybe it's a court. Like, I don't know. Maybe these are the real time keepers. Or what if this is like, what if this is like the MCU's version of the living tribunal now or a, uh, or a, uh, a variation of the living tribunal. It could be. Um, I doubt it, but I, which I, I noticed there was a, there's a living tribunal reference in the first one last night. Yeah. The staff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there's also a, I can't remember if it was a poster or someone caught it in the trailer, but like one of the, the heads of the living tribunal in a, a poster for this movie, like similar mm-hmm. to the one we saw in Loki in the mm-hmm. uh, void. So we could actually get the real living tribunal, but that, yeah, that could be, I mean, in the comics, the Illuminati typically aren't like multiversal. They're more like, you know, within their own universe, but we're getting heavy into speculation territory here. And I saw (laughs) there was probably another, I'm assuming this person's another member of the Illuminati that was like leaked in a clip today by Marvel or not leaked, but shown. Yeah, like literally I'm, just I'm, shown off, but I, I didn't watch the clip. I, I happened across who it is. I've been trying to avoid uh, clips mm-hmm. or posts or articles about this or even interviews with Ramey or Cumberbatch or uh, or Olsen just because of potential spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at this point, though, I, I think it's it, you don't don't say what you saw or what uh, you I heard. Won't. But like, no. but like uh, at this point, if if I catch it. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, if not, then uh, I'll be surprised. I mean, but, I, um, I will say like I I can't help myself when it comes to rumors most of the time. And I, I do follow them like pretty closely. And I try not to let that inform how I predict things here. Mm-hmm. But like that, the, I've never seen a movie with as wild of a rumor lead up as this. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, like because the amount the subject of, of names like... that they that are being like thrown on the wall to like appear and cameo in this are just insane that it's not even like obviously i don't want to go through them because i don't want to spoil anything because i'm sure some of them are actually right but i'm sure also a lot of them are not but it it just speaks to like this movie is going to be off the wall (laughs) yeah like unlike anything we've seen and the one they confirmed today was really cool i think it was a cool cameo okay i'm 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 excited i'm excited like I, i i really wanted to look it up but at the same time i don't um, so like back to your point though, about like this cast was severely underused. I thought like AJ four, I think, I think did a good job with what he had uh, that, that character just wasn't written fully in general. It was a great introduction to him. Um, uh, we get, we get our introduction of Wong, our bestest boy Wong, <laughs> mm-hmm. still just as great as ever in the, in this first one. Yep unbelievable phase um, Wong continues <laughs> phase Wong continues um uh tilda swinton Whoa. i know i know that that that's a whole can of worms going down that rabbit hole yeah but i think given what we were given she i think she was a great ancient one yeah i think i think she did really well you know there are definitely ways they could have adapted that um, right you know the the in Feige, even we talked about this, I think, in the lead up to Shang-Chi, like, you know, Asian representation that... in movies sucks. And Feige kind of acknowledged that they they had a misstep here and not casting an Asian actor. They they had assumed that 
they didn't want to play into the the trope of the old Asian man, like wise mm-hmm. master trope, right? Right. But to just kind of not cast an Asian person at all and avoid that controversy by just casting someone of a different race isn't really the way to go about well, that. <laughs> by by literally whitewashing it. Yeah, exactly. Was, it was just it was a misstep, and yep. I mean it, that that like I said, that's a whole nother can of worms that um it was it didn't really going back and watching this it didn't really influence my thoughts Hmm. on her performance because i mean we you gotta take it for what it's at least in my mind you gotta take it for what's given to you at that point and while still acknowledging the problem with that casting i agree with um but i think given what she was given she was a fantastic ancient one yeah i think so. fantastic mentor um Tilda Swinton light staging on roles like this, and I, I obviously can see other people in the role, but like, given the version we're given, I don't know if anyone else could have could done something like that, right? You know, um, and she, she's a lot funnier in this than I remember too. Yeah, and then the the last one I think is the most underutilized, and I'm still trying to understand this in this relationship in general is Rachel McAdams. Oh, as Christine. Okay. Yeah. Like I, like, I, for, I forgot to even mention it, her. Exactly. <laughs> like it, I remember back in 2019 going back through the, the, uh, the, the lead up to end game, like rewatching this thinking, Oh, I forgot Rachel McAdams is in this. And then rewatching it again, I thought, oh, wait, I forgot Rachel McAdams is in this. <laughs> like, even though we we got that uh, what if episode last year where she came back for it. Focused and, all like completely on her. Right. Um, and it just like th- that just shows you how underutilized she is. She's arguably one of the best of her generation. Mm-hmm. And for her to not stand out just blows my mind. I think she'll get more to do in this one, it seems like possibly but like, i don't un- i don't understand their relationship because when when we were first introduced to the two of them she has this flirty thing of saying like oh i don't date colleagues mm-hmm. of mine and then as soon as he loses his hands they're in a, rela- a relationship and then when he's in catman do <laughs> he has he has a watch from her that says uh, about like their about their love i'm like well how long were they together then? <laughs> yeah. Like there's there's a lot missing from that relationship. I feel like needed to be fleshed out a mm-hmm. lot more. Yeah. A lot I mean, more they detail. didn't even it, it really is just a it sucks, but her role in that is just to humanize strange. <laughs> like Which is like bizarre she deserves entirely just like his own plot purposes and has no character of her own. It's it's sucks. terrible. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. They didn't even bother I, I, to like make her a damsel in distress you know like, like no they, they just She's like literally just they didn't even care nurse. It, they they just had there was no care for her character at all yeah so I, i'm excited it it looks to me like we might be getting like an actual multiversal version of her as well in this which i'm glad because i mean that gives that gives McAdams a chance to like shine here yeah <laughs> And playing multiple parts and having different roles and different personalities like it it, it could be a fun time mm-hmm. like this should i <laughs> i feel like this is going to be all or none it's either going to be it like this is going to be one of the best or it could flop entirely yeah i don't i i think if one thing's a threat to this 
it's that they're packing so much into this movie and it's pretty short compared to like well uh, MCU okay movies, right? I, I i wanted to jump onto that point because I, I know that that made headlines of like this is the the shortest mcu movie in a couple years mcu entry in a couple years at like two hours and six minutes i think uh-huh so <clears throat> we uh, if anybody is new to this this podcast we did a sam raimi retrospective back in back in the fall leading up to no way home and i mean Vinny and i went into great detail about about sam raimi and his and his filmography um so you should go check that episode out but one thing you should know is that like when he was a student in college and they just made um a walk in the woods which would become the evil dead he was his whole thing became i want to entertain the audience right like when when he would be projecting a walk in the woods as a student film to other like to other uh, students on campus, like he, the, with the technology they had, he had to like physically work the projector and sound mix sound at the same time, so he could see in real time audiences' reactions to and their response to what was going on. So he had an idea of what what people like and what people don't like. Mm-hmm. And his whole thing is that I want to make movies that are ninety minutes or less. <laughs> like we're gonna we're gonna get them in and out we're gonna you're gonna enjoy it you're gonna get in and out we don't need to sit here all night mm-hmm. and like the evil dead crime wave evil dead 2 dark man and army of darkness all come in at 90 minutes or less even army of darkness he submitted submitted it to the studio at like 90 to 91 minutes and they said we're gonna cut this down he goes okay fine it, it dropped down to like 82 minutes so He's it's he's an extremely efficient storyteller. Mm-hmm. So when it was announced that this was going to be one of the shortest, shorter MCU entries, I thought this is perfect. Like I, I was not shocked in the yeah. slightest mm-hmm. that Raimi is packing as much as possible into the shortest amount of time. Like, don't be surprised if if you miss stuff going through. Oh, yeah. going through this, the first one. This is going to be one to rewatch. <laughs> like religiously, I think, and I'm, I'm excited about that because it's. I like the runtime of this mm-hmm. because it's going to be easy to rewatch, less of a commitment, mm-hmm. less of a, like you know, suck your night away. Like if you were going to rewatch an Endgame or <laughs> anything like that, and honestly, right. that's like what's prevented me from watching Eternals again because I know it's like two <sighs> hours and forty five minutes or whatever it was. And yeah, it's, it's just it is a long movie. <laughs> it, it just it it amazes me that. Raimi is coming back after all this time. I mean, the last entry we we got from him in ge- in general was uh, Oz, and that was like, like mm. 2014, I think. So it's been eight years since he's done a feature. He's yeah. been like producing TV work since then and producing horror stuff since then. Um, but I'm I'm glad to see him back and that it took the MCU to kind of play around in their sandbox and just kind of do what he wanted with the character uh like it, when it was announced when we talked about this in the re- retrospective that like Derrickson was being let go over creative differences i mean cumberbatch and Derrickson had statements about it and then like not even a couple days later it was announced that sam raimi was coming on they all kind of put their hands up and said okay yeah you like do do what you want we we understand now that this, mm-hmm. that's what you're going for so like Ramey is an extremely unique individual. <laughs> That's putting it lightly, but hmm. um, it, just to see what he can do in the MCU, I'm stoked for. Me too. 
I mean, <laughs> it's one of the better and more like kind of obvious director to character pairings that you could have in the MCU, you know? Like right. if, you, if you think of a relationship that as soon as you hear it, you just kind of go, yeah, you know, that that absolutely makes sense. It would mm-hmm. be strange and Raimi. <laughs> Even though he said multiple times, he's like, the, Strange was never my favorite character. Uh-huh. But, like, I, I mean, it still made sense. We're, we'll let it happen. We'll see what happens. And, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to put the weight of the world on him because it's, like, his first feature in almost a decade. But I'm just happy to see the man back at work and, and doing what he wants. And, mm-hmm. uh, like, he's said multiple times that he wants to come back now after working with Feige and, and, really? and the team at, at Marvel. That... They kind of just let him do what he wanted, and that's all he's ever wanted his entire career. Right. <laughs> I mean, back before he started doing studio work and the Quick and the Dead, like doing the Evil Dead movies and um and Dark Man and Crime Wave, he basically bucked the studio system and did his own thing right. with his friends. After that, he went into studio work and then went into the Spider Man movies and. I mean, we all know how Spider-Man 3 turned out, and mm-hmm. that's what made him kind of revert, reverse course and go back to doing what he wanted. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that now he kind of gets the best of both worlds of working within the studio system and doing what he wants, I think he, he really found his his sweet spot if this turns out to be great. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm not knocking on wood that this is going to be one of the best entries. Yeah, I mean, I think it's shaping up to be. It's one of the more interesting ones going in. I mean, even with just the the plot lines that we're continuing from Strange, from Endgame, from WandaVision, we're getting exciting new entries. I mean, we're getting Professor X. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) We're getting America Chavez as like a a third kind of co-lead of the film, it seems like. I mean, all this is just awesome. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Also, can we acknowledge that Michael Waldron is doing the script for this one? <laughs> uh-huh. He's uh, I, I slowly think that's becoming that's... like the the master of the multiverse here. <laughs> yeah. He I think remains that, now. I think that's being overlooked. Is pulling in the writer for the head the, and creator of Loki. <laughs> oh, yeah. To tap him to do the script for this one. Mm-hmm. And pulling on his sci-fi background, his work with Dan Harmon and, and on Rick and Morty. Like, I, th- I think that's something that's being overlooked and all of the, all of the great work that they did through Loki. I yes. just, I, I feel like is just, I feel like we need to at least acknowledge that. Yeah. That's, that's actually a really good point. It's something I don't see mentioned often is that there is a clear kind of through line through these multiverse stories. And it's, it's Waldron right now. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm excited to to see how that shakes out. Um, because the writing in Loki was pretty much airtight, and mm-hmm. the, it was very high concept. Like this is like almost almost like a Rick and Morty type episode, right? Like just this, like a high concept sci-fi. Um. And this is delving into more of the magical stuff, but it's still kind of dealing with the same multiverse, right? They're just jumping in different ways than we saw the TVA do it, in different ways than we saw Loki do it. So it's it's interesting. This is like one of the bigger 
you know, from the start, the MCU always kind of had the the magic is just science we don't understand stance, right? Mm-hmm. Like since Thor. I mean, that was the whole kind of explanation for how Asgard is a thing. Right. And Thor is is possible. So like going with this, you know, we've seen the multiverse from more of a sci-fi technology standpoint with the TVA, right? Like they ran the multiverse like a bureaucracy. <laughs> Like now we're going to see someone like America Chavez who can just kick holes in reality. <laughs> like it's very much a, a different, uh, different type of thing that we're that we're going for here. Um, so um, I'm I'm excited because it's it's showing us the multiverse from different angles and we're going to get different, very different feel for the multiverse here because this is the true multiverse. What we saw previously was the TVA cultivated multiverse. <laughs> Right now, we're seeing the madness, the the multiverse sadness. of madness, of sadness. Uh, like what? Verse of sadness. The salty verse of sadness. The salty verse of sadness. The salty sad. That's a that's a that's an inside joke. Never mind. <laughs> um, but I like what? What do you think? Where do you think this falls with it? Like, do you think this is the Nexus event for the MCU, or do you think the like? strange opening the portals and no way home was like what what do i think like open the multiverse yeah because i mean you see it happening in loki yeah i mean at the we end see, of loki like we see the multiverse going off in its own directions at the end of loki but the, i interpret that as like not so much madness but more just restoring it back to its natural state okay. right where we have infinite timelines but they're not really intersecting there's not someone jumping between them and doing crazy stuff mm-hmm. um I, I mean, based on the end of WandaVision, I tend to think it's going to be Wanda more so than Strange. I think we're going to see why the multiverse is in chaos as part of this movie. Okay. I don't think it's something we've seen before because I think, I think with the Spider-Man stuff, they, they kind of tied that up with a pretty neat little bow, in my opinion, um, for the most part, aside from whatever Sony's going to do with it. I'm sure there's some <laughs> multiverse ramifications there, but like as far as the actual MCU goes, it seems to be... You know, we've we've told that story. Strange did the spell, and now we've we've moved on, and it was more of a a tease. But I think in Multiverse of Madness, we're in for Wanda kind of breaking through different realities, trying to find her sons, and we'll probably mm-hmm. find out that she like when they came into the world, she actually isn't creating them out of thin air. She's pulling them from other universes where she has those kids. You know what I mean? Or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that could very well be like, it too. Same with Vision. Like like everything she manifests in Westworld. 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 She manifested <laughs> in Westview. Actually very similar to each other, but everything she manifested there may have just been pulled from different realities. And we're going to find out that she has this kind of like multiversal power. Or all she can do is hear that her kids are in another reality and she needs to find a way to get you know, to break to through these different realities. Well, what's interesting, I didn't I didn't realize that's how the magic itself worked in the MCU until last night, that like even like the shields that, that they're, cre- they're creating or the portals they're opening are literally to other, like it, it's drawing on the power of the multiverse. Oh, really? Did they call yeah. that out? I don't yeah, remember like, that. Like huh. The ancient one like outright explains it as we're pull- we're drawing from different areas of the multiverse to like create create portals and shields and to create the mirror dimension like the mirror dimension is literally another dimension that right. they just walk right into mm-hmm. um and it was little things like that i didn't really think about that 
they had introduced the concept of the multiverse in the first strange, but again, didn't really lean it, into it. And I don't know if that was because they didn't know if audiences were going to go along with it, if they didn't have time to establish it in the in the first one, or if they just they didn't have the budget for it, you know? Yeah, it, I think like, it was it almost more of problems. like talking about like dimension hopping, right? Like the way that mm-hmm. it was more of like a psychedelic, like, you know, you're going into the dark dimension and that's not necessarily a parallel timeline. It's just kind of its own pocket dimension outside of there and I, I that's kind of how i interpreted everything but I, th- okay. I think they're like interrelated to where like the weird spaces are between the actual timelines like the quantum realm is one weird mm-hmm. space and um you know where you don't have the same perception of time or perception of space or reality um and you know strange when he's going through all the the tiny hand universe and <laughs> and uh just kind of jetting through everything i i think it's it was multiverse more in the sense of like this is she may have been chucking through the multiverse but not actually into any timelines just maybe like right. flying around through the the different spaces between the the timelines i don't know if that makes any sense i'm sure it was no, just it they they didn't have the plans to do actual alternate reality multiverse at that time Mm -hmm. so they used multiverse kind of lightly but so i wonder this is and this might be me speculating a little too much but i'm curious what your thoughts on like how many different multiverses we're going to get out of this and how much how much time they're going to spend in each one and how much how many of them are just like flash in the pan they're either jokes or they're one-offs or they're easter eggs i think there'll be at least like four kind of realities that we spend significant time in. Mm-hmm. And then I would say probably like 20 that we jump through. Right. Okay. <laughs> like I know we see the one scene in the trailer where America and stranger like just breaking through, like almost like dropping through floors, but it's just like a different multiverse on each floor. That's what it seems like at least. Mm-hmm. And you see dinosaurs in the back of one, one almost looks like they're going into like an animated realm. <laughs> one looks like it's, <laughs> I mean, it they get diced up and cubed up or whatever's happening there. So, like, I think I think there'll be a few scenes, almost like the Watcher and um, Ultron fight from What If, what if. to where they're just, like, busting through these different realities in and out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think, you know, I think we'll get... I think we'll at least get the, the Prime MCU. We'll mm-hmm. get wherever that like evil zombie looking strange is from. I think we'll get the Illuminati reality or mm-hmm. whatever space that Illuminati team is at. Maybe it could just be like a fortress inside the quantum realm or inside reality or something. It's a fortress of solitude. They, yeah. they, they broke the universe so much that they're now in the DC yeah. universe. Um, And then ultimately I think, I don't know what the fourth one will be, but I think there's probably some sort of multiverse that we, or some universe that we see the final confrontation and battle in. So I, I only asked that because I've mentioned this a couple times on the show and once already this on this episode, but I've seen everything everywhere all at once twice now. Mm-hmm. And one of my biggest fears of that was like, they're introducing this concept and idea of the multiverse, but they're only going to do like one or two. They literally did. The, the title lived up to its name. Of It was literally everything, everywhere, all at once. Like, uh-huh. 
they they only spent like a significant amount of time, like four or five of them, as you're saying. But it, there's a montage toward the end where it shows like a hundred of them, all Whoa. like back to back to back to back. Like like I listened to interviews with the Daniels and the directors. They're also the guys behind uh, Swiss Army Man, mm-hmm. and um, their whole thing was like we're maximalists. Our <laughs> our influences aren't movies necessarily it's it's youtube and video games and anime <laughs> <laughs> and um they they didn't hold back like they even said like if we're going to do something with the with the multiverse concept we're going all out on this uh-huh. and like they had asked i, I had heard in, in an interview with them that like they had asked their cast and crew like what are some ideas that you guys have and like their art director came up with one that's a significant amount of the movie. Um, oh, wow. I, I almost want to say it, but I don't want to spoil it at the same oh, It's, it's yeah, been out don't. for a couple of weeks. Well, but like, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> don't okay. spoil it for me because I really do want to see it. It's it's truly wonderful. I was just talking with a coworker today about it. Like, there's, it's really not much. This one's not much of a spoiler, but there, there's a shot of two rocks sitting over a cliffside. And it, I never thought something like that would make me cry. Hmm. <laughs> like I just, I, I, I want to hold back from saying masterpiece. Cause I, I don't like using that word unless I actually mean it. Uh-huh. And it, it has some flaws here and there, but like it just around, around, around to my point, I was afraid that this was just going to be like a gimmick of like, oh, we're telling this one story through the multiverse. But I, I feel like in order to properly do a multiverse story, you have to like dive in completely and say, mm-hmm. this is what we're we're going all in on this. Um, And the Daniels really pulled that off. And walking out of the theater the first time, one, I felt like I walked out of church. Hmm. Second time, I felt like this actually might hurt. Strange. <laughs> like... It's gonna when we when we do the actual review, I might actually talk spoilers on that mm-hmm. one, but depending on where, where we're at. But like, I <laughs> wanted to like, I I almost said I don't think Multiverse of Madness is gonna live up to this. Mm-hmm. But but at the same time, I know you can't compare the two because. Yeah, it doesn't have to. Everything Everywhere was very introspective, and they took this large concept of the multiverse and made it internal and introspective and really made you question your life and decisions. Strange is part of a giant IP and franchise that, while they still could do that, I don't think it's going to be as introspective or as, um, as ch- maybe not as challenging as Everything Everywhere was. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I think that's fair. So I, I know the comparisons are going to come out because they're coming out weeks apart. Mm-hmm. But and I'm going to have to refrain from myself from doing this. But I I don't think it's going to be fair to compare the two. Is what I'm getting at mm-hmm. in the end. Right. I was surprised to see the Russos produce that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either until they like until they popped up in the credits. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, I, I talk about that every chance I get because I feel like everybody should see it. But, mm-hmm. but regardless, um, I mean, it, it got me excited for Strange, but then it made me start to question, like, is Strange going to be good? Is it going to live up to this? Because now my bar is like in, uh, un, absurdly high. Mm-hmm. But then I have to bring myself back down to earth and say, well, it's not going to be one to one. It's not the same. 
Jared, it's not the same. Stop trying to compare the two before you have even seen Strange. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. That might just be me rambling for five minutes about everything everywhere. But um, if you get the chance, go see it. Seek it out somehow. Yeah, I definitely I'm definitely planning to uh, see that at some point. So overall thoughts and predictions any final thoughts not much that i haven't covered i mean i'm i'm super excited for this one it's been my most anticipated of this phase so far mm -hmm. um you know even just from the announcement to now this has been the one that i've been the most hyped for and that hasn't hasn't changed going in so i'm right. looking forward to it it's gonna be a ride only a week away cannot i wait. know i cannot wait either um only only thing I'm I'm still curious about is where's Campbell? Bruce Campbell's been teasing that he's possibly in this now for oh, he'll a be while. There. He'll show, he'll show up and nobody knows how because uh, there was a elite photo of a script of him on set <laughs> as uh, as Ash. Yeah, and uh, there was another one he put up a photo on April Fool's Day of him in in the makeup chair with the with the goatee and like white sideburns. <laughs> so like a B rate strange like I guess that like can we just hear a whole Bruce Campbell universe? I, I'm I'm fine with that. We could we could. <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. Other than that, I mean, I think we've covered pretty much everything we wanted to talk about with this. I'm I'm psyched. I'm excited. I'm hyped. Whatever you want to call it. But I also got to taper expectations a little bit now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So this might be a therapy session of me working in real time of uh, <laughs> <laughs> of learning to temper expectations. So yeah, that I think that's gonna do it for this week. Thank you everybody for listening to our preview of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, you can check us out on social media. Let us know your thoughts, predictions, thoughts, um, or even what, if you're listening to this after the movie comes out, what did you think? And we'll, we'll be doing a review afterward. Also, go check out our Moon Knight episodes. Um, we'll be doing uh, a five and six finale in the next few weeks and a, a full-blown review of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, so, as always, thanks for joining us. I'm Jared, joined as always by John, and uh, we will see you guys later. Later.